0: Good Wednesday evening to each and every one. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. Today we're going to talk about the concept of being unforsaken, how it's used in scripture and what it means for our everyday life. Hebrews 13 5 is the amplified version that says I will never under any circumstances desert you nor give you up nor leave you without support nor will I in any degree leave you helpless nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you assuredly not in the Greek word for I will not is a double negative, the strongest emphasis that can be made. God is saying he will never, never give us up, leave us without support or leave us helpless. He will never, never abandon us, let us down or let go. And I was reading this blog this week and I thought it was really great because it talked about how being unforsaken is our greatest need. And Jesus shows us that we're unforsaken by God. And some examples that it gives in the scripture are, we're in Holy Week, and this is Jesus' journey to the cross. And one of the first scriptures that comes to mind is when we look at Pilate. That's in Mark 15, 3-5. I mean, the chief priest had accused Jesus of many things. So again, not, excuse me, I said that wrong. The chief priest accused Jesus of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? see how many things they're accusing you of but jesus still made no reply and Pilate was amazed i mean i would could imagine a person would be amazed that someone's accusing you of things and you won't speak up for yourself so you're expecting you know jesus to speak up for you know himself or The religious leaders that spat on him as he picked up the cross to die for them as his mother Mary suffered from a sword piercing her soul he drew close to her and that's in Luke uh, 2 34 to 35 or the example of simon from africa helping carry the cross jesus ministered god's mercy to him and his sons or the woman that wept over jesus being abused he comforted them a soldier stripped off jesus clothes abused him and crucified him he forgave them again and again as two thieves on the cross next to jesus they hurled insults at him and you if you remember one of them he offered and said uh, when the i'll read the scripture it says one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at jesus and said aren't you the messiah save yourself and us but the other criminals rebuked him Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him and said, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Or there was Mary and John that are trembling at the cross, crying, and Jesus unites them. His mother and son or the crowd watched him die a brutal death and he showed them how to submit everything to God as a loving father because you remember the sun went down it stopped when night went down it stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two and Jesus basically committed his spirit saying father into your hands I commit my spirit so he committed himself to the father and then when he said that Jesus breathed his last breath yet You also have Joseph and Nicodemus, the woman at the tomb, and many other disciple friends of Jesus mourning his death. Yet the story doesn't end there because Jesus raised from the dead to prove to them that they were unforsaken by God. You know, when we think about what this means for our everyday life, I think the things that we can know for sure that it means for our everyday life is that no matter how strong or intellectual or independent we are or that we admire those things in other people or even if we're none of those things, I think uh, or feel those things about ourselves. The deeper truth is that there's a tender and vulnerable child in each of us and people around you that needs unconditional acceptance. When I think about that concept, I think about something I remember Oprah Winfrey saying, you know, some time ago, and she talked about the experiences of interviewing other people, whether they were celebrity or everyday individuals. Everybody always had the same question um, at the end of the interview, you know, was what they said acceptable, and if you think about that in everyday life, whether you're, you know, giving a message, or participating in a business meeting or working on a project with other people, talking to friends, people around you, you need to know there's a sense of importance of being understood and valued. And I think, you know, when we think about the cross and the journey of the cross and what it means with all the things that I've said thus far, it means that, Through Jesus, we have empathy, forgiveness, unconditional love, true knowledge, and power. And I think sometimes we miss that because when we think about the concept of love and what it means, you know, for our everyday life, sometimes we struggle with the idea of really understanding that love can come without strings. Especially when you look at the Father's great love for each of us. If you remember, even before the experience of the cross, but there's a story in the New Testament that I always think about, about how Jesus is getting baptized. And after he gets baptized, it's like the sky opens up and Abba says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The truth of the matter is the pleasing part that the Abba says to Jesus, Jesus had not done anything, which indicates you don't have to perform anything to, to, uh, To get love, he had not done any ministry. He had not done anything, you know, as far as like a performance. uh, It was just there's this statement that shows absolute acceptance. And I always think about that because sometimes in our everyday life, or I don't know about your experiences, I can only speak about my own. Sometimes we have tied love to performances. I have to do something, I have to be something, I have to, you know. Like go back to be something, say something, do something, act in a certain way in order to get love. But when you really think about the concept of love without strings, you don't. And when we think about all great and immense love is we never have to do anything. He's always chosen us. He's always loved us. It didn't matter if we were going to change, had no idea of change, and, and, and we don't even have to change. His love is always with and for us. And I think my point is sometimes when we think about love or we think we love somebody, you know, actually what we love most is what that person gives us. And if for any reason that changes in our relationship could be adjusted to reflect our disappointment or even our bewilderment, we are always changed by our experience of being loved Yet what makes us mature in loving is when we see our contribution to others as the bigger part of love. We love because we want to be an expression of who Jesus is for us. We love without strings or thought of reward. Love. It doesn't wait on the sidelines until change is complete before it rejoins the relationship. Love is a willingness to share the journey and to be a part of the story. Because when we think about life, I mean, it's it's a carousel that never stops turning. It's comedy and tragedy and drama. Sometimes it could be a soap opera or an adventure. It could be joy. Yet real love always plays a leading role, never a bit part. Yet I think sometimes when we look at what we want from it or what we've seen or manifestations that we're thinking about is we want excitement, not boring predictability. Yet we often fail to understand that real love is mostly how we overcome circumstances, not how we avoid them. And I mean, I can speak to that because I'm a person that I should have a PhD in avoidance. I really, really should. And I can remember the other day feeling really, really sad. And I was just thinking, what was I really sad about? And what I was thinking most is I was upset about all of these unmet unmet expectations of what I thought something was supposed to be and how it was not measuring up. And I wasn't seeing it from the aspect of something to overcome or just to be present and feel it and walk through it. It's just all I had was the unmet expectation. And when we think about that, life is that way. It's unforeseen. It's unpredictable. It's made up of pleasures and pain. And to navigate the twists and turns of our journey without using love as a compass and guide means that we'll neither discover nor become the relational Equivalent of being loving. It's the most genuinely true alignment that can exist in the harmony between people. Because love doesn't accept negativity. It challenges fear in an appropriate manner. It stands up for love. And the evidence of our lack of love is that we are afraid to be hurt or rejected. And that can mean that we relate to people in the present so as to prevent ourselves from being hurt. As once as we once were in the past. Well, that's dysfunctional and sad. And let's be honest, some of us do it. We're governed by a present and past mindset that is protective in a completely wrong way. Which is why we talk about the importance of continually renewing your mind and continually growing and getting going deeper and really understanding what love is and what love looks like. Especially when we're talking about the concept of the Father's love for us. Because perfect love casts out fear. And the antidote to fear is to fully understand and the power of love. And I didn't even say the antidote to acceptance is to really understand the power of love. Because love is about choosing to be your real se- self no matter what occurs. Love is about how we love, not who loves us. And I think in many ways that's an amazing uh, statement and identity because i'm thinking of the song he is jealous for me how deeply and immensely we're loved by the father how he sings over us is the scripture or how the beauty all surround us so that his love is new and fresh every morning we don't have to earn it we don't have to to tithe to get it to to uh Go to church every Sunday to get it. We don't have to behave. And what is all I'm saying. I'm not trying to single out those. There's nothing wrong with tithing. If you're doing it, wait, praise the Lord. Keep doing it. Definitely die. But my point is you don't have to do something in order to get love. You know, and I think sometimes when we're talking about love and acceptance and trying to understand that, we miss that. Because... Maybe we've been thinking about love from the wrong mindset. And I just thought that when we really think about what it means to be accepted and what this journey to the cross and being unforsaken in the meaning of it means as we're accepted in the beloved, the father has put us into the place of his truest love and utmost affection, Jesus. And. We as people are learning to be made in Jesus's image because we are in his image. You know, it says that in the scripture that he made us, you know, into his image. And I think I'm paraphrasing that wrong, right, But learning to walk in that, learning to move in in that is something that I think everybody is continuously on this journey to, to, to learn. Because we are loved as though we have already made it. We are in Jesus with all the benefits of being like him. While we're learning to become as he is. Because with true love, the process is as good as the end result. God gives love not by measure, but in the fullness. Love is love, God is love, and so are we. And that, to me, is what it means when we're talking about the concept of knowing that we are unforsaken. That's all I have for you today. I thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of our ever growing listening family. You can always support the podcast at encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com. I'll talk to you next week. Peace.